0: She talked like a woman who knew more books than people.
1: Hi there, welcome to another episode of Off the Shelf. This time we are discussing uh, Melissa Albert's The Hazel Wood. We're gonna do a quick synopsis and then we'll go right into some discussion questions, okay? So here's the synopsis. 17 year old Alice is forced to go on an adventure to save her kidnapped mother. Fighting many obstacles, Alice must venture first to the Hazel Wood, the home of her reclusive deceased grandmother and then into the world where her grandmother's tales began and where she might find out how her own story went so wrong. Okay, so the first discussion question is, what do you make of Atlas? Her explosive anger, her rudeness, her cruelty, does she eventually grow on you? Does what we finally learn of her past maybe explain or excuse her offensive behavior? Any thoughts about that?
0: I don't think it excuses her behavior, but I don't really see all the anger to begin with I think she is kind of responding emotionally how most teenagers would with stress um but I mean her actions aren't excusable as most people's actions out of anger aren't really excusable um but I feel like most of her feelings are warranted
2: all the moving that she's had to do in her life but i wouldn't say that like her actions aren't excusable she's not a totally unlikable character um i I definitely don't give up by on her by the end of the book you know what i mean like i didn't want to be done with her at any point
0: yeah i agree with that i I liked her i liked her as a character um I i think she had uh an interesting personality like the way I read her was very kind of quiet most of the time like she didn't seem to be as hyped up as her friend that she worked with for example
2: she was very relatable I would say you could relate to a lot of her feelings Mm -hmm. it
1: was a very quiet anchor she did a lot of like okay stop gritting your teeth Let's do those breathing exercises, Mom taught us. Let's mm-hmm. all just calm down.
2: <laughs> so relatable.
1: <laughs> Definitely relatable. Um, okay, uh, should we go on to the next one? It's about uh, Alice and her mom. Yeah. Um, so let's see. How would you describe the relationship between Ella and Alice? Alice calls herself. Alice herself calls it a quote symbiotic relationship that looks cute on TV. But felt effing exhausting when you're moving for the third time in a year. So, how would you describe the relationship between Ella and Alice?
2: Gilmore Girls Gone Wrong.
0: <laughs> Fair is enough.
2: Is that the one where they're both named Lorelei? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <they're> right. <laughs> catch up on your There's cat. even a coffee shop. <laughs> yes, oh. there is a coffee shop. Um, I think... That's
0: funny. I think, um... Ella needs her mother the way most children would need a mother um but Alice Alice, yeah Alice Alice needs Ella Uh, Ella's the mom yeah Yeah. thank you Alice needs Ella um in a way that most children need their mother um but I think Ella has a highly dependent relationship with Alice I think she um, kind of raises Alice in a way that pushes her to be her own parent. Um, I think Ella does as best she can as a single mother and she has a good relationship for the most part with Alice, um, but I think she does um, depend on Alice to kind of keep it together and Be more mature than most kids would be.
2: I think there's a definite codependence, and I think that Ella views Alice more as a friend, but she's very closed off from her and unwilling to share their past, even though their past is together. Does that make sense? Like in a way to protect
0: her
1: there's a lot of scenes where Alice is like finally putting together like oh I woke up one morning with my hair braided and I was like mom when did you braid my hair and her mom was like oh we gotta go and like she just <laughs> finally like was able to put those pieces together even though her mom you know her mom was kind of like trying to shelter her but it ended up kind of backfiring because Alice was completely unprepared
2: for her
1: trip into the hinterland.
2: I feel like if Alice had been or Ella had been more open with Alice. I think things might have been handled differently by Alice, especially when she goes on this extraordinary journey.
0: Yeah, she would have been better prepared. Oh. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so we can go on to the next one. Why has Ella kept Alice away from Althea? She she never let Alice read Tales from the Hinterland or visit Althea and specifically Ella's note actually orders Alice to stay away from the Hazelwood when she gets kidnapped why do you think that is
0: I think she just wanted to like protect her Um, that's a that's a long-winded question though
1: (laughs) yeah I think I mean it has a lot to do with like you're actually a stolen fairy tale character and I don't want to bring you back to your past because I might have to so, it's, it's a little more depth than what the question asks, like, there's, there's a lot more mm-hmm. to it than the top layer. I'm gonna do one from the other one. It is, is the hinterland a place we can get to
2: from here on Earth? Like, in real life or in the story?
1: Interpret it as you wish,
2: Rachel
0: metaphorically if you could find yourself in a creative world all your own go for it but make sure you have a sense of reality um that,
2: that's
1: deep that that reminds me of the one the girl ness i think is her name yeah who ended up in the hinterland and was unable to like find her way out and like the right. world passed seven years in the yeah. day that it took her to get out like i think it's good to no, you need
0: to have a sense of control, you need to have something to keep you grounded. <laughs> yeah. Um but for as in the book, um, the only way that she knew of or learned of um was through the Hazelwood was through Althea, because Althea was actually somehow not dead and gave her up and then she went to the hinterland from there. I believe. Well
1: that makes sense. think yeah. we can go on to the next one. Do you have more things to say, Rachel? Yeah? Oh, yeah Okay, great. Um, let's see. Ellery Finch says of the book Tales from the Hinterland, the fairy tales within the fairy tale of the fairy tales within the fairy tale. There are no lessons, just this harsh, horrible world where crappy things happen. And they don't just happen for a reason, or in threes, or in a way that looks like justice. They're set in a place that has no rules and doesn't want any. Does it say anything about Ellery himself that he has such affection for these stories? Or is it
2: a universal truth? I think that it's kind of a universal truth. I think that you could... I think that the real world operates very much in the same way, and I think that in the story, Ellery has been given a hand that he didn't like, and... um, He's learned to deal with it through the hinterland tales. He's learned how to cope by learning about this world that really doesn't... It's more obvious that there's no rules than the
0: hinterland. It feels almost opposite than regular fairy tales in that way. And they, they talk about that when they mention that Althea wrote it like she was reporting in a war, and I think that it doesn't follow the typical standard. Um, and that's part of what in- interests me about Ellery, is that he's looking for something else. He's looking for something deeper or, you know, that really changes a perspective but has no boundaries. Um, and with all the stuff that happened with his mom, um, it's, it's a different perspective.
2: It's more like he's looking for another take on reality versus um, somebody that would look to our sort of fairy tales, which are very comforting and unrealistic. They always have a happy ending, you know, the typical Disney movie.
0: There's a resolution, whereas in these stories...
2: There's none. There's none. He's finding
1: comfortableness in an uncomfortable world.
0: Yeah, I would say that.
1: I'm a poet of sorts Me of Elijah um, Wordsmith over there Yes, of course (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Finch thought that he and Alice Had no choice but to keep going on their journey And they could never return to New York Alice, however, believed that they had a choice And were choosing it She says, this isn't fate This is getting bullied by supernatural a-holes In what way were they both right? How much did fate play a role In each of their lives?
2: I think that Alice didn't have a choice. She was going to have to uh, face the hinterland. I think Ellery did have a choice. I think they were kind of opposite, if that makes any sense. He didn't want a choice. He wanted to keep going because he wanted to find what he loved.
0: I agree with that.
2: Whereas she really didn't have a choice because she was part of it. So eventually it was going to catch up to her.
0: Yeah, especially after Ella was taken, like, there was no, you know, way for her to, to really protect herself. And and you saw that when she got, like, kind of knocked out um, after they went to that store. And um, Ellery kind of lied to her uh, about what had happened. But she didn't even see that, she didn't see that coming. There was no, you know, it just happened. And more of those things are probably going to happen until they that she did what they wanted, um, and that kind of already takes your choice away.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like the concept of fate in this book just because there's such a, like, juxtaposition between, like, here's the real world where you have all these choices, and then here's the hinterland where everything is already, like, strewn together. There's already a logical, like, there's the first thing that happens and the second thing that happens and the third, and there's nothing that you could do that can change that. You can get taken out of your own story. But eventually it's gonna have to happen either way you know yeah so i think fate does play a really important role in this in this book and that
2: book so
0: mm-hmm.
2: um
1: flavors of the truth serum tasted like to Alice. Do you remember anything about her favorite flavors of the truth serum? That's okay. What would your truth serum taste like? Think about like in uh, Harry Potter it's like that amortensia potion which is like a love potion. Yeah. It kind of tastes like your favorite smells. It smells right. like it I guess. But Something that would attract
0: you serum? to him. Um,
2: yeah. What would your version taste like?
0: I like the smell of woodburn and I think that would definitely get my interest.
1: You would be like, ooh, bonfire, here I go, gonna go <laughs> towards the
2: fire, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> the taste of our favorite smells, not our favorite tastes. Well, it would have to be
1: like, you would have to like, somehow attract you in, like a fly. So they would use your favorite smells, you know, I don't know what it would taste like, but you know, what it would smell like. Well, mine would smell like pine salt, for sure. <laughs> Pine song, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mine would definitely be a musty, disgusting basement with, like, leaks and, like, puddles on the floor. That's my favorite smell. I don't know why. We,
2: we wish we were joking.
1: Strange. <laughs> really? I'm not kidding. Okay. Um, oh, here's a good one. How? What is the process of people becoming an ex-story, and what happens to them afterwards?
0: They have to break their story. Basically, they have to find a way out while while going through it, you know, kind of change their ending. Um, and then, what was the second part of that?
1: Um, what happens to them afterwards?
0: Oh, well, they kind of, like, their powers dull down. In the sense, they, did, they don't have the same effect or strength as they did when they were involved in their story.
1: So do you think there's a difference between... Alice and Finch like breaking Alice out of her story and Ella taking Alice out of her story originally is there a difference between those
2: yeah Mm -hmm. because I think that um Ella did it Alice didn't have a choice she was just kind of taken but when Alice or yeah did I say that right Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes the first part you did you did say that right perfect when Alice and Ellery did it um she had a choice. She was uh, making
0: her own destiny. I like that, like, before she gets to the story, though, the the hinterland starts to kind of consume her. Her skin starts turning icy and everything before she, she returns back, but, like, they say that the X stories just they don't have the same juice, I guess, as they would if they were still involved. So it's kind of interesting to see how her even though she was taken from her story and um, how it was kind of consuming her versus leaving through her, um, through breaking the story.
1: Okay, so the difference between, like, taking control of your own death and having and having to you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you get that when I frozen? in?
0: I think so yeah okay, okay. It, it it broke up a little bit but I think we got the idea like it, okay. taking it into your own hands yeah versus or just
1: having it like happen to you yes yeah. okay cool cuckoo. Cool. um so let's do another one um what was Althea's connection to Janet was there anything
2: special there
0: um they dated didn't they
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Janet, um, who was, like, the innkeeper or whatever.
2: Yep, yep, I remember. And then she left her.
0: Yeah, Althea kind of just chased the stories and...
2: I have kind of a bad word for her. (laughs) (laughs) It's the PG podcast.
0: (laughs) Or it should be rated T for teen. (laughs)
2: swear this is real life Brittany,
1: this is not a video game please leave this in okay, so do you think that there's a difference between Althea's relationship with Janet and Ella's relationship with Althea this is my own discussion question I just came up with this, I mean they both left what they had known is there a difference between them is one in the right, one in the
2: wrong or I don't know, what's your take on that? I think Ella leaving Althea was not bad. I feel like that was kind of like a child leaving their parent and a very controlling, awful parent. I think that Althea leaving Janet just wasn't nice. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: they, they, but, they kind of depicted Althea as being kind of self-absorbed and a very selfish um, yeah. kind of parent, um, very toxic to... For Ella, Like, that's how she was feeling about her own mother. And I think Ella herself, as, as being someone who found a baby and, and starting to grow into her own and and becoming an adult, um, saw herself very differently from her mother, if that I makes mean,
2: sense. I mean, not to say that you should always leave your parents if they're, you know... <laughs> Probably she not like your parents, but my point is is that, yeah, she was very self-absorbed, and it was, it was, like you
1: said. Do you think that the hinterland had any effect on Althea, or do you think she was always like that? I think she was
0: always like that. Well, they said about how she was with someone, remember the guy that they interviewed? Like, he, she was with someone before going to the hinterland, and she kind of just, like, up and left, and took off, and just didn't really consider consequences um you know and same when she she left again when she got all those stories and took off to to be famous in the the real world with them you know the way that the spinner talks about her she just kind of was like well this is what I want to do and I don't care who it really hurts or affects and I'm going to do
1: it oh follow the question to that is Althea's story different from Ellery's
0: I think yes, because Ellery, although self-serving, and he kind of screwed over um, Alice a little bit by, you know, trapping her, um, when he did go to the Hinder... Like, like, he achieved his goal, but he didn't mass affect. if that makes sense. Like, Althea's choices affected two separate worlds. Um I think that he did it more as a a self-serving, getting away, you know... um,
1: Can't you argue that Finch did the same thing? Didn't his leaving the real world upset his family? And him entering the hinterland upset Alice's story?
0: Potentially, but they seem like Ellery's family was kind of absent and didn't really care after his mom died. So I think it was better for him to be separated from them. I don't know if, like... You know, I mean, I mean, if you were to separate from someone that was toxic in your life, it might hurt them. But sometimes you have to do what is best for your own, like, self, for your mental and physical health. And I think that's what he was trying to do, but he didn't feel like he fit in the world that he was in. And he just wanted to go to another one. Um, and I think that there, that's a little bit different than the motives that Althea had
2: selfish. His were, well, I guess you could say that his were a little selfish, but hers were very, hers were shallow. Does that make sense? I think that's the difference. Hers were very shallow. His were very, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I can't make sense of it. (laughs) That's okay. That just means it was a good
1: question. Thank you. Okay. Um, let's just go on to this next one. Um, let's see. Were you as confused as Alex seems to be on the journey that she undertakes? I think this has something to do with, like, the writing. Did, did you like the writing? Were you confused through the whole time? Um, overall, how did you experience the book?
0: Although I enjoyed the book, and I enjoyed the characters in the book, uh-huh. the elusive plot and the, um difficulty with finding the you know content because it was dressed up although very nicely it just made it difficult to do a fluid read through and I found myself often having to go back and reread what I was reading to make sure that I, I caught what was happening um I know some points of of the book it's meant to be that way uh because that's how Alice is probably feeling, like she doesn't know what's going on Um, but at the same time I felt like it could have been done a little bit differently or um, improved upon to make it easier, like a little more in pausing so that you can kind of process what's happening um, as a reader at least from my perspective that's how I felt about it when reading it
2: it was written very almost cinematic Yes. (laughs) Potter. Yes. <laughs> Cinematically? <laughs> yeah, <I knew> that. <laughs> yes. Do that even exist, people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I agree there, like, it, it was very visual in the sense, like, if you were to see all of this stuff, you would catch the details without having to, to stop and be like, wait a minute, what did I just look at? Um, I think it's, it's presented in a way that would be great for a cinematic viewing. So I agree there. Um,
1: I, I, I I can see it. I mean, I like the extra detail. I think that it was I mean, when you like go back like this is like the second or third time I've read this book, so it's like when you go back it, it becomes apparent that when she does like sort of zoom in with the detail, it's it means that like it's something intervalent. And I think that that's important because it does sort of harken back to fairy tales in general, you know, fairy tales themselves, where everything can be very detailed or very not detailed, and it seems sort of arbitrary at times, but that, you know, that's just kind of the style of fairy tales, and I think that it is fitting, I don't know, I liked it, but that's just how I read it, so.
2: There's a lot of books, I'm drawing a blank, but there. are uh, we'll do one more of these discussion questions.
0: Oh, what was that, Rachel?
1: Sorry. I, I, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay, I was just going to do one more, and then um, and then I have a question for Brittany. But this last question is, what do you think of the end of the book? Did you like the ending? Did you dislike it?
0: Um, I thought it was kind of anachematic.
2: It was rushed.
0: Yes. Like, I didn't, I wasn't satisfied with the ending. Like, it all happened very quickly, and it was just kind of, I don't know, just it didn't live up to what the book, the rest of the book was. And I think I was hoping for kind of like a gradual and then, a, you know, a big to-do ending, and it was kind of like, oh, we're here now. Okay, catch up you know, figure it out, yeah. and then it's and then it's done. And I just, I was like, well, that was kind of um, not what I was hoping for, I guess.
1: I think, I mean, maybe that has something to do with the fairy tale aspect of it again, whereas, like, you know, everything, like, you hear of, like, Alice's story and how she, like, turns into ice and all that, and I think the the fact that, like, Finch shows up and that other guy from way earlier in the story, they show up and it's kind of just like, what? What? Hold up. What? not part of the fairy tale what what's happening so I think that not to say that like the writing was excellent because it does seem like her publisher is probably like can we move this along can we go <laughs> but it um I don't know I think it was I don't know I I, I liked the ending I think it could have been more it could have been more they mm-hmm. could have done a lot more with like the end of like Alice's tale and the end of Finch's tale what what's Finch even doing yeah whatever but I don't know
0: I think I <laughs> Although I like the book I want to like there's still some some flaws um it, like there isn't anything um but the way I thought about it was it looked like a version of Alice in Wonderland where there was her going like if you watch the Disney one the like children's Disney one the cartoon she goes and see story from story to story that she doesn't really know, she's never experienced, but they all had kind of, like, a point to them. And Alice, in this book, is doing very much the same, except none of the stories have points to them. Um, And you're, like, you're finding it hard to, to grasp onto those things when you're so used to seeing it presented differently. And then when you get to the end like we talked about earlier you're used to seeing some kind of resolution and although there there kind of was um her like for the book not so much her her tail because her tail got broken um but the resolution didn't present itself in a satisfying way if that makes sense yeah yeah i can see that rachel
1: did you like the ending did you dislike the ending
2: I just feel like she could have expanded a lot more on a lot of stuff. Um, and I agree with Brittany. It was very rushed. It felt like a page and a half. It was just kind of abrupt. <laughs> <laughs> We're done now.
0: <laughs> yeah, they um, kind of just broke the tail, got on some bikes, and then <laughs> went back to the real world, and they just...
2: And I was just thinking about um, while Brittany was talking, like, they, she goes into that little village, you know, of the... Broken people, but it's very short. It's you know I feel like there could have been a yeah. lot of world building, a lot of expansion on that, and then she, she rushes through it. Yeah. But maybe she did that because she was planning on writing more books. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I was just gonna say, you learn a lot <laughs> about that in the second book, The Night
1: Country, which is a, a lot more in depth. I would say it goes a lot more into the world building.
2: So, Answer some
0: I, questions. <laughs>
2: I don't know, this book, you're like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I
1: have... Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Rachel. No, go. Okay, I have one more question, but it's for Brittany. This book takes place in New York City. How How did you find that? I know you're from the city. Was it difficult to read this book? Was it enjoyable? Did it bring back good memories? How did, how did you feel about
0: that? <laughs> um, I... I felt uh, kind of, in the beginning, weirdly insulted. (laughs) I think it's mainly because um, I just... I had the assumption, and this was my own fault. It was my own, like, disappointment. Um, I had the assumption that with it taking place in New York City, uh, in the beginning, that the whole story took place there. And until I learned that it didn't. And I also didn't know that the writer herself wasn't from New York City but lived there so like when I read it initially I thought wow this feels like I'm reading the perspective of a tourist (laughs) and um, (laughs) it was a little a little weird Um, some things I found were were kind of on point and then other things I was just like this just sounds like you don't know, you just don't know what it's, what the experience is like, um, or what it's like to be born and raised there, uh, but, um, after learning that the author was from a different state and moved there and has lived there for several years, and that Alice herself, um, was from different states and had moved around, um, it made a little bit more sense because it felt like, she was a tourist and she didn't really have a home and then they emphasized on that later in the book and then you find out why so I think it was pretty cool that I picked up on it very quickly um and I kind of like beat myself up about it for having those (laughs) early assumptions um but yeah that's that's kind of where I was with it
1: Oh, and also I lied. I have one more question. Okay. Why do you think her name is Alice three times? Because I truly do not know, and I want to know if you have any idea.
0: Mystery. No idea.
1: Isn't she the third child? Was she? Did they name all the other ones Alice, too? Like, Alice one time,
2: Alice two times, this one's Alice three times. My thought was,
0: like, maybe it was how many things got crystallized.
2: Yeah. That's the assumption I had.
0: Because it was the the first guy of of one of the brothers, the horse, right? And the other guy. So I thought maybe it was that, but that seems kind of like a reach. So, I don't know. I'm I'm really, like, that was really difficult to understand because I felt like a lot of the names didn't really match up to what was Mm.
2: going on. I feel like the number three has a lot to do with Alice, though. I think she is the third child think that um she did crystallize three things and I don't know so I think that it just has it's a symbol of something that we are not privy to right I don't know in this list of the stories it's number six
1: and three times two is six so yeah I mean three <laughs> is really oh, it's important it's <laughs> <Yeah, but, laughs> I'm like it's I don't like, know, it's like know, that uh,
0: meme with I the, the lady and there's like math going on. <laughs>
1: I have a, a list of all the stories here and they, I mean it's just it's it, a lot of it's just confusing. I think I,
0: don't know. I think it's I like I don't like it and it's unsatisfying, but I think that it's meant to be that way. Um similar just, to
1: life yeah. as we discussed before.
0: <laughs> There's no rules, no meaning like they 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 talked about that. And I think I did not as someone who not necessarily likes rules, but feels like there needs to be some kind of organization to things um you know struggled with that um and the the two snippets of tales that they featured at the end i thought those like i although i got a little more lost because i wasn't sure what was going on at times i still liked that in some ways better than parts of the book i thought they were very like i thought because they were shorter her writing style felt more, um, rela- like, it fit better, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I don't think i had those short stories at the end of my copy, so I, I didn't read You them, missed out. <laughs> yeah, I did. The ones that they have in the actual book, I mean, we never learn the end of Alice three times, he never tells us the end of it, so and, and we never really learn how it ends, because Alice breaks it, but, um, I don't know. I just like those short those It's story, because Albert it hates like, us. <laughs> I truly. It's kind of like a like a story within a story and like I do love inception so it's pretty great. <laughs> Storyception. I
0: guess. Were there any like last lingering thoughts or feelings we had about a character or a plot point or a quote in this book?
1: all my questions. I came up with great ones, so it's your guys' turn.
0: What's your favorite character?
1: My favorite character? Oh my god, Althea. Althea. <laughs> she's amazing. She's like, she's who I want to be when I grow up. She's so cool. Like, so mysterious that, like, they talk about the Vanity Fair, and she has, like, her long, like, cigarette hole there, and she's in, like, a silk robe, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. I, I just, I like her. She might be, like, a total, like, jerk jerky pants, but, like,
2: she, she, she went for it. She went for it. She's my
0: hero. <laughs> she she took her confidence to a whole new level.
1: She saw what she wanted. She said, "Okay, I want that," and then she got it. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> uh, I think Ella is probably my favorite. I
2: as agree As confident as she is. I don't
1: know.
2: I really like. I
0: agree there. I I think she just, she tried really hard, and she knew, despite, you know, what she had to go through, that it would be worth it to give Alice some kind of life. Um, Because in the end, even if um, it was wrong to take her, and even though it was impulsive and it was a life of growing up kind of rough... At the same time, her story was to just die, like, over and over again. It was to be living in a traumatized world just with a horrible, horrible story that the spinner gave her, um, and to be sold off and to, you know, crystallize. You know, like, her her story was not, it. it was not much better in that sense, and I think that her mom had a lot of strength for deciding, although my life's probably going to suck for the next forever, um, I'm going to try and give this child that I found in the woods some semblance of what a real life would be like.
2: And if you think about it, Ella is the whole reason that Alice was able to break her story. Yeah. Because she became self-realized and knew what the world could hold for her. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's way better than my, like, I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it. Maybe we shouldn't talk about
2: Althea anymore. <laughs> it's always good to root for the villains, too. I She's mean, like a she's Cruella like... de Vil. She's so, like, I don't know. She slaps. That's all. She slaps. All. <laughs> <laughs> she slaps. And bobs. Oh, no, she is a bob.
1: That slaps. Can't bop, bop we somewhere. gotta keep up, Rachel. <laughs> bop is the noun. You can't. Yeah. You can't bop. What? What is to bop? Tell me that. I've
2: never, I've never heard this slang
1: before.
2: <laughs> Except when I use it. I
1: know.
0: She's she's our, she's our she's our new slang point. advisor.
2: I am not old. <laughs> okay, before
1: we have this argument again, maybe we should wrap
0: up our podcast. Oh yeah, good point. Sorry,
2: <laughs> <laughs> forgot we were recording. So. <laughs>
0: All right. Um. Well, this has been another episode of Off the Shelf. We hope that you enjoyed the book as much as we did, and it had a lot more thought-provoking um, ideas and questions for you. Um. Let us know what you think, and we'll see you next oh, time.
1: And and let us know if you have any books you want us to talk about.
0: Yeah, that too. Open
1: for suggestion. <laughs>